Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. Happy Father's Day. Um, seriously, I hope you're having an awesome, awesome day. And we're, we're going to spend a little time talking about dads today because, man, there is, there's just such a need. And really, we're just, we're honored to have dads. I just, I think dads are just absolutely amazing. And the world is attacking family, like absolute crazy laser focus, attacking family. It's, it's there's no difference between guys and girls, and they're the same, and moms and dads, and it doesn't matter, and dad's not important. Let me just say, you are. You are incredibly important. And the thing is, is it is, it's very easy to just get swept along with society or, or just areas and, 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 and groups of people. And it, it's just, you have, if you're not, if you do not actively engage in fighting against it, you find yourself where you don't want to be. I remember many years ago, I took a road trip down to Tulsa, Oklahoma. So 11, 12 hours, depending on who's driving off as they're going, to Tulsa, right? And I'm in the car with one of, one of the guys I worked with, and it was Al. But Al had just a little bit of like, like Tourette's where he would just without thinking about it, and, and he couldn't stop it, is he would, he'd, mm. Mm. so we'd be, we're, we're driving down the road and we're just going and mm. Mm. That, that, that's just what he did. But I, we worked together and I knew that. I'm like, oh yeah, didn't really bother me that much, but um, I honestly do not recall if it was the trip down or back. I'm pretty sure it wasn't until we started coming back. I'll give myself the benefit of the doubt. Where we're just cruising on the way back, and he goes, he, lo- he looks over at me and he goes, cut it out. And I'm like, I didn't know that was part of it. I'm like, okay. Um, and then a little bit later, he goes, it's not funny. And he's getting mad. And I'm like, what? And he goes, stop mocking me. I did not realize it, but I, without thinking about it, started just going, mm, right after he'd go. Mm. So he hears me mm, after his, mm, and he's like, why are you, mm, when I, mm. and I'm like, I, uh, I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not teasing you. I'm not even trying. I'm like, I just, I just picked it up. I don't, it just took me 12, 14 hours. I don't know. I guess I'm really, really impressionable. I don't, I don't know. But I think if we are not active in, and honestly in knowing and being grounded, we find ourselves getting swept along with society and the things that we watch and the things that we hear. And it's just like we, we end up somewhere that we really don't want to be. So how is it that we fight against that, that we know where we need to be? We need to know what God's word has to say, and we do that. We need to do that. But before we get into any, any more of that, I want to read you just, just some statistics about dads. I just want to lay a really, really strong foundation for just how important you dads are. This is from a study out of Georgia and Texas Department of Corrections. They said 85% of all youth in prison come from fatherless homes. 85%. 90% of all homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. Fatherless daughters are 164% more likely to have a child out of wedlock. A fatherless daughter is 92% more likely to get divorced themselves. 
and that's from the National Center of Fathering. And I think probably the scariest statistic is this one. 43%, 43% of U.S. children live without a father. If you've got one, make sure you say Happy Father's Day, and not just today. Absolutely. Be grateful and thankful. I know your dad wasn't perfect because he's a man. Mine isn't, yours isn't. We can think of things that they've done wrong because every one of them have. I grew up with my dad. He was a pastor. He tried his best. I, I, I know what he did wrong. I got, I got lists of, of like, well, he did this wrong and he did this. I remember one time he goes, what's some of the, what, what, what could we have done better? What could we do some teaching on family? I'm like, oh, absolutely. Finally, you ask. Have a seat. And I just started unloading on my dad. My mom's like, well, that's your side of it, but you want to hear the rest of it? <laughs> but if we have parents, they are not going to be perfect. They're not. If you're a dad in here, you're not going to be perfect. We can try to do everything right. We, we won't and we can't. I remember my brother, when, when my, my younger brother's probably 15, 16, somewhere around there, and he was arguing with my parents and I overheard this, and you know, I'm, I'm three years older than he was, so I was, you know, 18, 19, somewhere around there. He's arguing with my parents, and he goes, I'm going to obey, but I want you to know it's not because you're good parents. It's because I love God. <laughs> and I remember sitting there thinking, I'm like, well, that's the goal, buddy. I mean, <laughs> they won. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> but the deal is whether you're, there is no perfect dad, except in our Heavenly Father. And let me just say, if you don't have a dad, or you're like, hey, that's great, I, I read those statistics, and you're a single mom, you think, well, what about my kids, and how can I? We have a Heavenly Father, and He is perfect. He is absolutely 100%, and He can make a way where there is no way. He is the difference maker, but we're going to talk about dads, and I just want to encourage you to stay strong, to know what God's word has to say so that as society sweeps and just kind of runs away from all the things of God and, and is just turning its back on historical and traditional norms because it wants to make the assumption that we're good and getting better and give us enough time and we'll work it all out. And God's like, no, you're not good and getting better. You're all evil and you get really good at doing bad. That's what you get good at. And if it's not centered around God, it will not work. It will not work. So let me just encourage you you dads, and really this applies to absolutely everybody. If you're not a dad, about to be a dad, or ever been it, this still applies to you. But let me just specifically speak, again, it's for absolutely everybody, but specifically for fathers, because you need to understand, you make a huge difference. The statistics I read are not like, hey, godly, wonderful fathers, this is the difference that they make. No, it's the Department of Corrections. U.S. Census. It's like, hey, this is just the stats that are just out there. And then you put God in there. Let me just say, your impact doesn't decrease, it increases. And a father who's paying attention makes even more difference. Let me just start with this, and we're just going to look at God's success sequence. As we're looking at raising children and being fathers, number one is this. Seek first the kingdom of God above Everything else, Matthew 6, literally says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Above everything. And the word it says here is above all else. 
And in case you're wondering, that word all in the Greek, what it means is all. It's everything. It's everything. Education is important, but God and your soul is importanter. Like, like, like it, it's important that you get an education, but above that, above that, you, you need to know God. You need a relationship with God above everything else. It's not like, well, well seek God first after you graduate high school. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say, well, seek God first after college because college is college and, you know, you're just going to be there in four years or whatever happens in college stays in college. So there you go. No, 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 it's not that. It's, like, it's not like, well, seek God in the off season or after hunting season or between season or, no, 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 it's seek God first. It's the number one thing that we need to do. Matthew 6.31, if we read all of that hunk of Scripture just a little bit, we're backing up from verse 33 to verse 31, and we're going to read right through 33 again. It says this, so don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat or what will we drink, what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. That's what dominates their thoughts. But your heavenly Father already knows you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. God is our heavenly Father. He wants to take care of us. When we read that, the picture that I get really is is of little kids. Do you, do you remember being little and wanting to be big and like you couldn't wait to get bigger? Anybody thinking I couldn't wait to get bigger? Anybody... I just, I just remember, like, I can't wait to get to do what I want when I want. I can't wait to be big. And then I get big, and I'm like, I wish I was little. To have no worries, to just be like, to go to sleep. I remember the other day, Bo, he's six. He lay, he's, he's laying down on the couch. He wasn't feeling good. It was, the, it, was, it was the cutest thing. He's laying on the couch, and he's got some water on the couch. And, and he's about this far away, and he goes, Dad. I go, yeah, he goes, can you get my water? And I go, buddy, and he goes, I can't reach it, Dad. I mean, all he had to do was stretch out his arm, and I was like, yeah, buddy, I got it for you. He's got a little sippy cup, and I give it to him. He's like, thanks. And he, and he takes a drink, and, and, and then he says to Mom, he goes, Mom, wake me up when my food's ready. And he lays down. And I looked at Becca, and I go, wake me up when my food's ready. I mean, just, just, just not a care in the world. He's like, he looks at something and goes, Dad, I, I want, I like, because we don't say want, we say like. He goes, Dad, I like that. Will you get that for me? Because he's like, Dad would want, I, I just tell Dad what I like. That's, that, 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 that's his world. His world is my dad's going to take care of me. You ever held a little kid when they want down and they do that suicidal back arch where they throw themselves towards the ground? And you're like, how do they not die? <laughs> because mom and dad, they've got you. They know what to do. That's, that's usually a little kid thing. Well, the other day, we're out on our deck, and, and there's this, this railing up. And the deck's not very high. It's, it's maybe a little bit higher off the ground than this, the platform. And then there's the railing, all right? So the railing's something like this off the ground, maybe a little bit higher, but we're, we're not that high. And, and my 15-year-old is sitting on the railing. And so I come up and to tease, I like pretend pusher. So I grab her leg and I kind of just lift it up a little bit because she's 15 and she knows that she should catch herself and not fall over the, off of the deck and fall and like that, that would really hurt. So I lift up her leg and she just goes, ah, and she starts going back. And I'm like, I'm going to kill her. 
I'm like, ah! So then I'm running and I'm grabbing her leg and she's just falling over, holding on to nothing. She's just like, ah! Going over the edge and so then I grab her legs and I'm up against the side and I kind of like lower drop her. <laughs> and so she lands like on her shoulders and I'm like, and she drops. And I'm like, Avery! I go, what are you doing? And she goes, I knew you'd get me. And I'm like, you're 15. You're not five or four going, uh, at like 20 pounds. I'm like, you're 120 pounds being like, kill me, daddy. Like, there's, there really should be a line. And we need to, I mean, oh my goodness. But that's the attitude that we're meant to have. That our heavenly father, that we're, we are to be in that place where my dad's got it. I don't know how he's going to solve it, but he will. He'll solve it. And then my six-year-old comes up to me and goes, Dad, my quad's not working. It's this little electric thing that we got hand-me-down that sits outside because it doesn't fit in the garage anywhere. So it's been outside for like five winters and it gets snowed on and the dog pees on it and it gets rained on and he tips it over and runs over it and runs over his brother with it and all this stuff. But every time it's not working, he just comes and goes, Dad, it's not working. Can you fix it? And every time I'm like... Son of a gun, that stupid thing, let's go figure it out. So we go out there, and we're like, let me think it's this, and then we fix it, and then boom, he's off around the yard again. But his answer is, is it, his answer is, well, what am I supposed to do, and how is this going to be? And his answer is never like, how much is this going to cost? <laughs> okay, I have no idea. He's got like $5, he's like, I can buy that. Doesn't matter what it is, he's got $5, so he can buy that. Like, whatever it is, I'll buy it with my own money. I'm like, You've only got $5. He's like, I know, I'll buy it with my own money. <laughs> he has no concept of it. But that's how we're meant to be with our father. Not in ignorance, but just, my dad's got it, and I know he does. That I don't have to worry. We're meant to seek first the kingdom of God. And then he, it says this, that he will see that we have everything that we need. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything that you need. And I say that, and it's like, well, that would be really nice, but did you, did you know that it, you know, it didn't work out the way I thought it would here? And Let me just tell you, start small. Seek first the kingdom of God, and you watch God show himself faithful. And he does, and he shows himself faithful again and again. One of the things I loved about when we launched Life West Church, one of the things I absolutely loved was this, was this season that we were in that we're like, man, so many of the people that we look to and talk to when they launched churches, like they put financially, it was just this huge strain and they, 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 they emptied out their retirements, they, they sold house, they did, they, and we were like, we don't know what this is gonna look like so we need to be holding back and not really spending a lot and so we'd be at the store and Beck's like, we're not gonna buy that right now and not because we were like, didn't have two pennies to rub together, we had three, we were doing great. But, but because she's like, well, we don't know what's coming, there's this unknown season and we wanna be ready. We want to be ready. This is what we feel God's going to do. And we know that he will provide, but we also don't want to be stupid. We don't want to be the person that says, that goes, looks at the digital camera, looks at the new car and says, well, the Bible says God supplies all of my needs and I want this, but I need someone to pay my rent. So I'll buy what I want and God will supply what I need. We're not going to do that. We're, we're not going to do that. We're going to be smart. But we're in this season and watching God just be faithful. One in particular, Becca goes to the store and she's like, I'm not going to get, and I don't remember the five things, 
but it was, about, it, was, it was like some fruits, and I'm not going to get some apples, and I'm not going to get those berries, and I'm not going to get banana, I'm not going to get that bread. And it was just five items that she's like, I'm not going to get those. We don't, we don't have to do that. We'll be okay. Let's, that's just something I can do. So she does that. And just, was it a day or two later? The next morning, we hear a on our door, which isn't very, which, I mean, my dad just walks in. My mom's he's like, ah! And then, and then, like, everybody else is like, can I get a coffee? So, so like, people stopping by is not, is not rare. But the knock is a little like, hey, what's going on? So I run over to the door, and I run over to the door, and there's somebody running from the house. And I look down, and there's a grocery bag. And they're like, oh, I didn't even want you to know that we were here. Um, we just were at the store, thought of you, dropped this off, have a great day, and they left. And we brought it inside. And Beck's like, you're not going to believe this. And she pulls out the pears. She pulls out the bananas. She pulls out the things, the, the five items that she said, I'm not going to get. And so you want to know what we did? We called the kids in. And she's like, they need to see this. Because great that mom and dad know this, but we want them to live it with us and to see it with us. Man, was it fun. And I, think I've shared, I know I've shared this one before, but then Molly's birthday is in February, and she's like, for my birthday, I want strawberry shortcake. And Beck's like, it's not the season for strawberries. It's like, I don't know that we're going to be doing that right now. It's kind of expensive to do that. And then some friends, we, we invited some friends over, and some friends came over right around Molly's birthday. And the friends come over, and one of them goes, my mom... My mom made this for you, so here you go, and brought in strawberry shortcake. And they're like, here you go. And it was just strawberry shortcake to them, and I bet it felt a little weird to be bringing something that their mom made. Like, like, yeah, okay. But man, did that speak so much to the family. Of you seek God first, and you watch what he does. When we seek God first, that's what we're meant to do, and our kids need to see us do it. They need to see us do it. Let me just encourage you in this. Share those victories, the answered prayers that you have where God shows up. Make sure you share them whatever way you can with the family. Share those. And remember this, the number one need that our family has is Jesus. It's a relationship with Jesus. When I was about 11 years old, I was out fishing with my dad. He loves fishing, so it was me, it was my little brother, uh, and my dad and his buddy. And we went out fishing, we were out in Lake Michigan. And we're out there, and it's, it's my dad's buddy's boat. It's not a huge boat, but it's out in Lake Michigan, and it's got a cabin and stuff in it. And we're out there fishing. Well, we finished fishing, and we're on our way home, we're about a mile off of shore, and we're just cruising along, and all of a sudden, the boat sounds a little funny. And we're just in the boat, and it doesn't sound right. And, and we're like, well, I don't know what's going on. And, and, and so my dad's buddy, Mark, Mark, Mark tells my dad, he says, hey, take the wheel. So my dad takes the wheel, and the motor was kind of under the floor in the back here. And he goes, hold on a second. So he reaches down, and he pulls up the panel so that you can access the motor. And when he does, water just starts just, just spurting out of there. And he's like, oh, this isn't, he's like, that's not good. And he goes, he goes, he goes stop. So he tells my dad to stop. So my dad stops. And the minute we stop, 
water just comes right over the boards and just starts going up, 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 up. And my dad's like, ugh! So I'm like, you know, I'm like 10 or 11. My little brother, again, he's, he's three years younger than I am. So we strap on some life jackets. And have you ever seen any of the movies where a boat sinks? You know what happens. It's a vortex of death and it sucks everything down. Well, that's what's going through my mind and turns out my dad's too. So he takes a life jacket, puts me in a life jacket and goes, swim towards shore and throws me in the water. <laughs> Grabs my little brother, swim towards shore, throws him in the water. So he and I are swimming. He's like, go, just go to shore. So he's screaming at us in the water. Again, it's April or May, I don't remember which one. It was so cold. And we're just swimming towards shore and we're turning around. And I've got this picture of like everything's going to get sucked to the bottom. So we're, we're, we're turning around and they did get a chance to get a, a May Day off or whatever you call it when it's a boat. And maybe that's a plane, I don't know. But they get that off to the lifeguard and they call something. Another boat happens to come by in time to get, um, to get the, my dad's buddy Mark who loves fishing, but didn't know how to swim. And I'm like, what are you doing? Fishing miles offshore if you don't know how to swim. Like, really? You'd think that would be like, yeah, I'm going to learn how to do that. Anyways, he didn't, but he didn't die. He, every, everything was cool. But when the lifeguard, when the little boat, they come flying out there, and they came to get Daniel and I, as we're swimming back towards shore, and we are so cold. You want to know what they didn't do? They didn't pull up alongside us and go, hey, boys, would you like some hot chocolate? <laughs> they didn't do that. No, we needed to get warm. We were freezing. They didn't go, hey, here's blankets. They float. They didn't throw floating blankets in. That would have been really cool. You want to know what they did? They didn't even ask if we needed anything. They just came by, grabbed us by our life jackets, and yanked us both in the boat. And then once we were in the boat, then they're like, here's some blankets, here's some hot drink, here you go. There's a bunny. Sorry, there really is. There's a bunny right there. They didn't say that, but I just saw a bunny. Okay, focus right here. Focus. It's not squirrels, it's an actual bunny. I know the difference. You want to know what they did? They wanted to make sure we were out of the water. And then once we were out of the water, they took care of the other needs. The number one need that every single one of us has is Jesus. There's other needs that need to be met, but the number one thing, the number one gift that we can give our children is a relationship with Jesus. We can show them what that is. It's more important than everything else. Mark 8.36 says it this way, and what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your soul? It's more important than them getting into some fancy college or getting some internship or scoring some goal. Every bit, all of those things are great. But the number one thing that we can do is introduce somebody to Jesus, that we can be that light. We can be that light. For our kids, that's number one. It's, there's nothing else. So seek first the kingdom of God. And remember this. You can teach your children anything you want, but you reproduce what you are. Plain and simple. You can tell them anything, but you will reproduce what you are. 
and then this is something that's kind of scary. My dad always says this, and I've seen it true over and over and over and over, and that's this. As parents, our exceptions will be our kids' normals. It, 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 it kind of goes down. It doesn't get better. It, it goes down. Our exceptions will be their normals. Let's do all that we can, and may they see us seeking first the kingdom of God. May they see us doing that. The next thing I want to hit on is this, is it's the, the, the world screams right now that there should be zero boundaries. You should just explore everything because you never know what it's going to be like until you do it. So try anything, try everything. Let me just say the opposite is true. Boundaries are awesome. They are awesome. Jude 21 says this, stay always within the boundaries where God's love can reach and bless you. Most people have never read that, or if they have, they don't live that way. They live, the way they live is this, God bless what I'm doing. This says, stay always within the boundaries where God's love can reach you. It's God's blessing is already there. God's blessing is on his way. Get, do it God's way and his blessing will be on it. You don't even need to ask. It's there. Don't just run off and do your own thing and ask God to bless it. Stay always in those boundaries. Wait patiently for the eternal life that your Lord Jesus Christ and his mercy is going to give you. Boundaries are awesome. And for your kids, they are amazing. I heard about a study of some kids that were taken, some young kids were taken to a playground. And the playground was in the middle of the field. And the kids were told, you can play in the playground and just let go. And this group of kids went and they played in the playground. But they kind of started off, they didn't really know what was okay, so they kind of played a little bit. And there were some toys a little further away from the main structure, and although some of the kids went to them, they kind of didn't. And then, they tried something different. And they took the same playground, and they put a fence around it. They put a boundary. And they brought another group of kids, and they said, you can play in the whole playground, go ahead and play. You want to know what they did? The kids played everywhere inside the fence. Even some of them were climbing on the fence. They were just all over the place because they knew where it was safe to play. They knew what was okay. Boundaries are amazing. And the world might be screaming, you can't tell them anything. Don't help them make up their mind. They have to choose it for themselves. The answer is no. Have boundaries. You can't take that up to your room. What? Why not? Don't you trust me? No. No, I do not. You're not taking that tablet up to your room. You're not having a phone. And all my friends can't. Great. Their parents don't love them as much as I love you. No. Like, just, just, just no. That might not be true, but I'm saying it. No. Like, like, like no. I, have boundaries. It's okay to have boundaries. You're going to be back by this time. You can't go there. You can't listen to that. Everybody else does. That's okay. This is how we're going to do it here. When you leave, you're going to make your own decisions, but until then, I'm going to make it hard for you to end up in a place you don't want to be. I don't want to make it easy for you to sin. It's going to be hard. It's, boundaries are great. They're wonderful. They tell us what is okay. Have boundaries. Just, just make them clear. Make them clear. Ephesians 6, 4 says this, Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. 
Two things I take from that. Number one is make it clear. You can't be changing it. They need to know this is an established boundary. This is what's okay, and this is what isn't okay. And the other part of it is, is it says this, and in the instruction of the Lord. We're to teach our kids we do this because this is God's way, not, well, this is how the Vanderklocks do it, or this is what mom and dad says. It's in the instruction of the Lord is, no, the Bible says to forgive, so you need to forgive your brother. Not, you just go, go forgive him. They need to know the why in the instruction of the Lord. We've got to do our best to raise them up in the instruction of the Lord. And remember this, a boundary is not what you say, a boundary is what you enforce. When you tell your kid, don't touch that lamp, and they touch the lamp, you said, I told you not to touch that lamp. Don't do it again, and they touch it again. One more time, I'll get out of my seat. Don't you do that. You know what they're learning? I don't have to obey the first or the second or the third time. It's not until he gets out of his seat that I need to do something. I was, I was, I was talking with somebody, and he goes, um, when I'm in the grocery store, uh, he, he said, do you ever hear, like, parents be like, they tell their kids something, and then they go, one, two, three. He goes, they give them the one, two, three. And I'm like, yeah. He goes, I give my kids the one, two, three. He goes, but it's different. He goes, that's how many spankings they're getting when we get home. <laughs> he, goes, and he goes, I tell them to do it, and I go, one, two. He goes, and I had a parent one time tell me, he goes, oh, man, they just listen so well. And he goes, I'll tell you why. <laughs> but boundaries are this. Boundaries are not what we say. They are what we enforce. So think about what it is you're doing. Remember this. Remember, it is so much easier to give freedom than it is to take it away. So have boundaries. It's going to change as they get older, as kids get older. I remember when we grew up and all of a sudden we hit that point where my dad said, well, we could talk about it. And I was like, when did that change? Because we've never been able to talk. You, you say it and that's just what it's been. And he goes like, I know, but now it changes. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, um, well, it's, it's going to change. But it's, it is 10 times easier to let it out than it is to try to pull it back in. Have boundaries. Clear boundaries are amazing. And remember, do not expect what you don't inspect. We're going to have boundaries. They're going to be clear. We're going to be consistent, consistent with mom and dad. Be on the same page. Your, your five-year-old has gone to terror school. You just don't know it. But he knows exactly how to play mom against dad. And, and you need to be on the same page where they know they're not asking questions and trying to divide the household. And make, you, you, you don't do it. You do not do it. And don't expect what you don't inspect. But you're going to go up and you're going to make sure. You're going to check on them. When they're out playing with friends and they told you they'd be somewhere, be the parent that shows up, that just checks, that shows up at the movie. Are you here? Okay. Or send them screenshots of their location because you know exactly where it is and maybe screenshots of you where they're supposed to be when they're not. They should know these things. But, but check up on them. It is okay. I want my kids to know I care for them and I'm going to check up. And if they say something, I hope they're going to follow through. It's okay to be that, to have boundaries. The world doesn't want any. And your kids are being lied to all over the place. Be consistent. Be that place that continually points them back to God. It says, this is how we do it. We seek first the kingdom of God above all else. It's the most important. If you walk away with nothing else, walk away with this one thing. 
that you love God. Because he's our heavenly father. And no matter what your relationship with your parents was, what your relationship with your dad was, your heavenly father loves you and wants the very best for you. Maybe you saw that growing up and you can see that so clearly. Maybe you didn't. Over and over, he says, I'm your heavenly father and that he loves you. He loves you so much, he showed you how much. That before you asked, while we were all yet in our sin, he sent his son to die, to pay a price that we couldn't pay so that we could be free, so that we could have a relationship with him. He wants a relationship with you. Not just, hey, go to heaven when you die. That's just fire insurance. That's great. I think everybody should have some. But he wants a relationship with you right now. So I didn't have a dad. I didn't have that. You can in him. He wants a relationship with every single one of us. The Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. He wants to be a part. He says, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened, the Bible says. He wants a part. So let me just encourage you, dads, we need you. You're super important, incredibly important. The world says you're not because you are. That's the very reason. Every part you play is so important. Kids are watching you. Absolutely they are. Whether you're a parent or not, a dad or not, seek first the kingdom of God. This is God's recipe for each and every one of us. And he wants to be that heavenly father that you know is taking care of you. That you're just like, he's got me. He's got me. I know it doesn't make sense, but he'll take care of it. The one that you run to when stuff isn't working, you're like, God, my marriage isn't working. My job isn't working. My financial plan isn't working. My future that I laid out for me isn't working. God, I need you. Fix it. He wants to be the dad, and he wants to step in and be like, great, here we go. The Bible says that all things work for the good of those that love and serve God, and here's what that means. It means no matter where we find ourselves, if we'll right there say, God, I'll do it your way, we'll get the best results we can from where we are. You've sowed some seeds and those seeds are out there. Maybe you've done some deeds and you're going to have to pay some prices. But he can get you the best results that you can possibly get if you'll do it his way from right where you are. You can't go back in time and change yesterday, but you can start right now and be like, God, I want what you have for me. With that, would you bow your heads and close your eyes? If you're here today and you haven't, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'd love the honor of praying for you. Right where you sit, in this room, watching, listening, wherever you are. Your Heavenly Father loves you so much, He made a way so that you could be forgiven and set free. Romans says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and rose again, you will be saved. You can know. And you can enter into a relationship with your Heavenly Father who wants to wrap his arms around you, who wants to love you and wants you to run to him. If you've never done that before, today is your day. Don't wait any longer. The count of three, I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand and when you do, you're saying, God, I wanna be forgiven. I wanna be set free. And you're running to your father. If that's you, get ready to shoot your hand up high. One, two, three. Right now, lift it up high. Say, that's me. Today's the day I'm running to him with all that I am. I wanna be forgiven, set free and to walk out a relationship with him. All right. 
Let's just pray for those that are making that decision. Would everybody, all of you, just repeat after me, say this out loud. If you, if you lifted your hand as you say these words, repeating after me, as you say these words, make them your own. Pray them from your heart. And let's pray together. Say, God, forgive me and make me new. From now on, I'm yours. I believe that you died, that you shed your blood so that I could be free. From now on, I'm yours. With all that I am, I choose you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.